Be'ezes Hashem Yizbarech. We will continue what we are learning. The holy letters of the Balatanya, letter number 12, where the Shir is in Luschus, Rufuah Shalema, Ferhinda Bastaba Rachel. We are learning this holy letter, letter number 12. We are going very deep into the letter. We have to understand the magnificence of these letters that when the Holy Balatanya would write these letters, they would go to all the cities and villages all around Europe and Russia. And the people receiving these letters would break out in celebration. And they would sit and study and ponder over these letters for at least a year until they would receive another letter. So the tremendous secrets, tremendous revelations and revolutions that are contained within this letter must be mined and extracted as we traverse and we go on a voyage throughout thousands of pages of Hasidic philosophy to be able to see the nucleus and the energy of the radical transformations that we learn in this letter, to be able to see now with panoramic vision the whole entire Torah, the new life force, the infusion the vivid, vivifying soulful Torah, where the Torah comes alive, where the story has tremendous meaning, where it's a moment in time that's everlasting, where the Torah becomes a never-ending story of my life, where I see myself as part of that story, and I understand the enormous contribution that I give to humanity. And how God, with my birth, is saying, you matter. And the tremendous significance that I give to this world And this word significance is the beginning of the problem and it's the solution to the problem. And that's why we're going very deep into the idea of the chet etzadas, the sin of knowledge. To know my significance is the blessing and the curse. What do I do with this knowledge? What happened with Odom and Chava when they knew this knowledge? They knew their significance. Soon as they ate from the tree of knowledge, 
Each one saw their significance. And then started the gender wars. The war between the genders. And the war of blame. As opposed to responsibility. Right away. Chava blamed the snake. Adam blamed Chava. And everyone's blaming everyone for their failures because they want to remain significant. And Adam sees what he brings to the table, which is the strength of man, the strength of the seed, the creative ability. The intent, the idea of love, the idea in general, the blueprint. And Chava brings to the table the significance of one moment in time. The significance of the body. The significance of every organ and its generational ability. It's receiving from the intent, from the energy and its tremendous generational ability, the ability to create, the ability to make it real, the ability for a heart to love and feel, feeling and love are just energies, a concept on a piece of paper, a concept that's discussed is just a mere concept. But where is the concept produced? Where is the production of it? Where is it cultivated? It's cultivated in the brain. It's cultivated in the feminine. It's cultivated in the womb. And that's why we spent an enormous amount of time explaining the difference between the spheroids. That when we look at the feminine ability, the feminine is always magnifying the masculine. It's always limiting it, stifling it to magnify it, to take it to lengths and strengths and extrapolations and explorations that it never thought possible. Chokhma is the idea, the concept. But Bina means to understand the concept, to frustrate it, to cook it, to think about it, to get it in all of its details. And when a woman says, I don't understand, it's because she wants details. And if a man's chokhmah is real, he has to be able to go down to all the details. And the tremendous gift of marriage is the wife will stifle you, will force your Knowledge to become real. Force your love to become real. Force your hunkering ability. Force it to become real because she will only surrender to you. She will only give you her heart. She will only feel your love if you bring yourself deep into her. Emotionally, psychologically, holistically.
entirely. If you bring your whole entire being to your wife, she'll make you real. Both physically and of course spiritually and psychologically. And for that you need a tremendous interaction with the opening of the feminine ability to be, to receive, to be willing, to accept. And the tremendous conquering and seduction. We're talking psychological, talking, speaking, communicating, frustrating each other. To make peace between oppositional, oppositional energies. Love to be felt and to become real. Love to be narrowed down, not, not to remain a concept, not to be hovering. Man is superficial energy. From him can never be born a child. A woman will make that child from the superficial energy. And to understand this in its enormity, if you're a man, to see what the woman gives you in its truth, in its essence, not the superficial idea that created the Pete Tzadas, which is the gender wars, which is why I want to conquer you, why I'm better than you, why I want your significance, why I want my significance. But to understand the paradox of marriage, to understand the idea of being self Retaining a self is only so I can merge with you, so I can give you that self. To understand this in its enormity. And to understand that whatever you stand for, if you're a man, your wife will make it real. She will make one moment in time real because she represents the body and you represent the soul. And the soul is an idea. But it's one moment in time that makes that soul real. One moment of intimacy, a child is created. Nine months, a woman will take one moment in time and she will make it real. And that is each one of her spheres. She represents Bina, which is the understanding. She will make the knowledge understood. She represents Gvura, which is feeling and holding in the body. She will make that love real. That love will be felt by her or else it will, it's fake love. And she represents surrender. Devotion shall devote herself to her man if he narrows himself down and conquers her and shows her that she, that she's his everything. He is nothing without her. If he makes her know that all the time, she'll devote. She will devote. She will not surrender and devote herself to anyone. She will devote. She is very, very firm and grounded, but she will surrender to the one who makes her his obsession. You make her know that you're nothing without her and she'll give herself entirely to you. Netzach and Hoyt. Netzach and Hoyt are two opposite. One is the conqueror and one is the surrender. They're both two different extremes. Two different extremes. The one who's conquering is not surrendering. But in fact, they're made for each other. They amplify each other. The one who surrenders is the greatest conqueror of all. Because she stands firm to her ground. And only with tremendous conquering ability will she surrender. And she is really conquering when she surrenders. She's conquering someone's love. She is conquering. She's standing firm until that love takes her over, until that love is entirely felt. So these 10 energies 
are two sides of a coin. One side is the idea and the other side is the amplification. The birthing ability, the womb, the tremendous extrapolation and cooking ability. And why is this so important to understand? Because this is God and the Jewish people. You understand this in its enormity. Adam et Chava is no story of husband and wife. Your marriage is not a story of you and your wife. We are talking about a collective story of consciousness with God and the Jewish people. Soul and body. Creator of the world and its mirror image, the partner of creation, in creation. Husband and wife. Who's more important? Who is making who? The king and the queen. King and his kingdom. And this is the tremendous confusion with the Chaiti Tzadas. That to see the separateness of yourself, to see the separateness of the creator and the partner of creation, to ask who is really creating in this world, is it the man or is it the woman? And to come to understanding that these gender wars were just so you should have this question about you and God. So you should interact with God, you and your wife, or a wife and a husband. Well, any person should always understand this interactivity between husband and wife, between God and the Jewish people. Where in God's tefillin, it says the Jewish people's name. And in the Jewish people's tefillin, it says God's name. Because we were made for each other. Like body and soul, we represent the body. Of course, a body also has a soul. And of course, that soul is trapped. But in that trapping is the creativity. The creativity of the womb. And that trapping is the idea of amplifying all the energies of the man. The secret of the feminine ability. To realize that we hold the keys and the secret to all of creation. The man makes seed and it's a wonderful idea. From an idea, he's able to be create the beginning of all creativity. But the woman will take that seed, she will cook it for nine months, and she will make it into something entirely new. And this is what we explain. Enormous idea to understand this. Even if you're not married, even if you're a woman, even if you're a man, it doesn't matter because if you understand this and it's enormity, it radically transforms your life. Do you see this enormous idea of Yaakov Avinu? That we say Yaakov Avinu was born from Chesed and Gvura. He was born from Avram and Yitzchak. And then Yaakov has to marry two women. Because who's going to make his compassion real? Do you see that Yaakov Avinu is a compassionate person? Do you see Titanem Yaakov? Do you see Mavriach Menakotza Lakotza that he goes from one extreme to the other extreme? Do you see compassion? Do you see in Yaakov Avinu something different than Avram and Yitzchak? You see it when you look at his wives. You see it on the day of his wedding. You understand on the day of Yaakov's wedding. You're supposed to marry the woman of his dreams. Rachel. Reish Ches, it's the beginning of the words of Rachamim, Rachel, the feminine sheep. She was the most sweetest, 
most sensitive, caring, beautiful woman that existed in the world. But inside her heart was burning with compassion, burning with sensitivity, burning with shame, a love that's born out of shame. When she looked at her sister, who wasn't as beautiful as her, and she looked at her sister and she imagined the future of her sister seeing in the morning that she was married to her husband of her dreams, where all the wealth and all the beauty and all the charm was shekelachem v'hevel ayoyfi. It was all fake in her eyes because the one thing that mattered to her on the day of her wedding was, what is my sister going to think tomorrow morning? And to give it all up, to give it all up without knowing what's going to be tomorrow. The tremendous love that's born from shame. What type of shame? The shame of the genders shaming each other, saying that I'm better than you, or tremendous shame from feeling, why was I given the gift? Am I going to really humiliate you tomorrow morning? And who's thinking like that? Would me and you ever think like that? The only thing that's going on in our mind, do you understand why Rachel is going to bring Mashiach? Do you understand why she is the one who's praying for her children? Instead of thinking about her own wedding, she's thinking about her sister tomorrow morning. But it's not just a thought. You understand? She is the moment in time of Rachamim. Yaakov is the idea of Rachamim, and she's going to make it real. She's going to make her husband work. Work through this idea, what she grasped in one moment. You understand? One moment of intimacy for a man, one moment of intimacy for a woman. It's two different worlds. The woman, that moment makes it real because she's quality all the time. Rachel was one moment of time. Real, true sensitivity. Feminine sheep. The most beautiful woman on planet Earth. But what was she thinking all the time? What, what, what did she represent? An internal shame. To ask herself, why am I the wealthy one? Why am I better than you? That was the shame, you understand? The shame of the Chetet Tzedas was I shame you because I'm better than you because automatically I see what I bring to the table. So subconsciously I'm making you feel like I'm the man and you are making me feel like you're the woman. You're going to try to seduce me and I'm going to try to control you. And we're going to always try to show who's better, quality or quantity. That was the confusion of man. Your separateness is made for each other. And Rachel was the beginning of compassion. She was going to give birth to Yisro, to Yosef HaTzadik. She's the one who extrapolates, extrapolates this tremendous compassion. The Chemla Rabba, tremendous compassion from her husband. And she extrapolates it from him. She calls it out, just like the Malach of Esav, just like Esav, just like Leah. Rachel is the fundamental one moment in time when she makes the switch. Tremendous sense of feminine compassion. To understand why Rachel is the mother of Yosef Atzadik. Do you see how that one moment in time goes out forever? Do you see the avoidance of Tzedakah, the obsessive compassion that she had? Do we think about this? You understand how enormous this story is? All of her quarrels later on. Her womb is open, her womb is closed. She can't have children. One moment in time to see the man of my dreams. To think on the day of my wedding about a poor man, like Rabbi Akiva's daughter, was destined to die. 
But on the day of her wedding, she was thinking about a poor man. To understand the significance of being at the moment, the peak moment. Why do we break the glass by the chuppah? Your peak moment of simcha. Remember everyone else's pain. It has to be a joy that's born from pain. It has to be a love that's born from shame. Not a guilty shame, but the shame of connectedness. A shame where it's the concept. I have a gvura, I have Yitzchak in me, I have a left side, I have tremendous shame, I have tremendous measurement. But I'm not measuring you, I'm measuring me. Rachel had a tremendous sense of gvura in her. Tremendous sense of shame, tremendous sense of inferiority. But the inferiority was not like me and you, superficially. It was an internal inferiority where she asked herself the question, am I really going to be tomorrow morning living the life of my dreams while I'm humiliating my sister? Who thinks like that? Only somebody who's deeply connected with humanity. Only somebody who's deeply connected with everyone around them. Someone who's not selfish. You understand? She was self-oriented, self-preserved, self-centered, and self-directed. She was beautiful. She had everything going for her. But she used all of that to give it to her sister. And that was the real beauty. That's the real idea of being wealthy. To marry the body and the soul is to realize that my selfishness, my wealth, my left side, my negativity, anything that's connected with the left, which gives me the sense of separateness, is only so I can know you. So I can judge myself and ask myself, why am I better than you? So I can connect with you more deeper. And then to understand that this moment in time, this woman, what she represented, where she did it holistically, unconditionally, she gave birth to Yosef Atzadik. Do you understand that that moment in time took years? But she gave birth to this child who was most magnificent, most beautiful, who just wanted to give to everyone around him all the time. And how his brothers, who were born out of his mother's compassion, they betrayed him. They didn't appreciate him. But he never had held the grudge because he said, I'm only here for you. Do you understand that compassion will never ever have revenge? We'll never get upset. We'll never say you're a kofu toiva because I was only born for you. My beauty is only for you. My wealth is only for you. So if you have to thank me, I'm missing the boat. You're missing the boat. If you betray me, it's another opportunity for me to give you. And it means that I didn't fully explain that we're equal. Do you understand the enormity of what Yaakov Avinu, that he goes from the highest to the lowest. Do you understand why Why his family was fulfilled? Even though the brother sold him out because that's precisely the point of compassion. You, you have compassion on people that don't deserve because you don't really deserve. And to be in that state is a tremendous sense of wealth where the rich man thinks he's really poor. And the rich woman thinks she's really poor. So when I look at my spouse, I realize I'm getting far more than I'm giving, which is to create the home of compassion, to be in a state of paucity all the time, to see that I potentially shaming you, so I need to receive from you much more than I'm giving you, because you need to be the giver to create equilibrium. Yosef Atzadik understood 
the enormous opportunities his brother were giving him. You're allowing me to give you. Never for one moment did he judge them because he was the birth of compassion. He was the beginning of compassion. He was born because of a moment in time of compassion. So who's better, man or woman? The idea or to make it real, to amplify it 10 times. They're not, none of them are better. Each one was made for each other. That's the secret of compassion. Whoever you are and whatever you're doing, you're always getting far more than you're giving. And when you're getting to give and when you're giving to get, is to create compassion, is to create the shame you give up, is the purpose of B'nai Yisrael. To understand this with every fiber of your being, to understand why we are called Yosef throughout the whole Gullus. Because one moment at a time, Rachel decided to make her husband real. He didn't know what hit him the next morning he woke up. And he lived with Leah for seven years, snew a Leah, he couldn't understand. But that's compassion. Because a love that's born from shame, a love that's born from frustration, a love that's born from me, say, me discovering that I'm not really better than you. It may look like I'm better than you, but if I'm frustrated by you, that means I'm here for you. And it's the same thing in marriage. There's a love that's born from frustration, where it's unattached, unconditional. And the tremendous, enormous idea of compassion. That's the avoidance of tzedakah because he's talking about one moment in time. One moment in time. One moment in time of true compassion, of qualitative compassion is never ending and everlasting. Do you see it in Yosef HaTzadik? Do you see it going on and on and on? Malchus Beis Yosef, the beautiful. Do you see that beauty? That beauty was not feminine beauty. It wasn't the beauty of wealth. It was the beauty of internal compassion. A heart that's blazed with tremendous love that's born from shame. With tremendous love that's born from deep feeling. To feel your shame. To feel everyone around them all the time. A heart that's so sensitive. A heart that's so giving but from sensitivity. From hearing. From listening. A listening heart. I'm listening to you. I'm not just giving. It's not about me. I'm going to humiliate you. I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to understand you. I'm going to take responsibility. She took responsibility. That was why she created compassion out of her husband. She took the gvura and she made it into chesed. She took Yaakov Avinu and she culminated Avraham and Yitzchak. She made that real because it was a tremendous wealth of the soul that was born through the body, but a body that wasn't trying to make someone better, but saying, I'm here for you. The body said, I'm here for the soul. The soul said, I'm here for the body. And that is the beginning of the Tikkun Chetetzadas. And that is the Jewish people. That is the whole purpose of the Torah. To foster tremendous unity between husband and wife. Tremendous unity between rich man and poor man. Tremendous unity between parents and children. To understand that you're never better than anyone. You are made for everyone. And everyone's giving you far more than you're giving them. To understand it like Rachel understood it one moment in time. To be ready to do a sacrifice one moment in your, time, in your life. And to watch that sacrifice become never-ending and everlasting. Because that's Avodisatsudaka. That's the internal work. Where you're here for another person. And to make that real one moment in your life. Which means true quality. That is the most magical thing in the world. That's the never-ending, everlasting. That's the energy we're going to live with in the Messianic era. That's the miracle of the Jew. The paradox of myself. 
and my soul. How do we work together? Paradox of myself and God. If myself is made for you, if my whole animal, if my whole body, my whole wealth was made for you so I can serve you with it, so I can know myself, so I can know you, so I can know myself, so I can give myself to you. That is the most magical thing in the world.